What is up? Welcome to Ambitious. I do want to start by once again saying, you know, um, just my support for everything going on right now and the Black Lives Matter protests, although everything's quieting down a little bit. Um, the racial injustice is still prevalent in our country, and I hope that last week's message resonated with some of the listeners, and I hope that you guys all uh, looked at petitions, tried to make a difference, and yeah, enough about that. Um, kind of going back to our regular scheduled programming this week, and another senior spotlight with Gabby Acosta and Aubrey Stoller this week. As they start to dwindle down, my congratulations goes out to the class of 2020, and a big interview, Titans, tight. And Anthony Ferkser joins the show. He had an incredible catch in the AFC Championship game. He was dominant all year, and he's just a beast, and I'm excited for him to come on. He details his story. He bounced around the league a lot, but then he found a spot in Tennessee, and now he's kind of carved himself a role in that organization, and I'm excited to see what he does in his future. So big episode. After a quick word from our sponsors, we have the interview with Anthony, and then the girls to close out this week of Ambitious. Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Today's guest is an absolute beast from the Tennessee Titans. He is one of their top tight ends. He had a game-changing catch in the AFC Championship that has put him on everybody's radar. One of the top tight ends coming off a contract extension. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Titans tight end Anthony Ferkser. Anthony, how's it going? So thanks for coming on. So I want to dive right into the latest thing with you. Uh, you got contract extension to remain with the Tennessee Titans. How's that feel, and how does it feel going forward into next season with the team? Yeah, no, I'm super excited and grateful that they wanted to extend me for another year. Uh, I mean, I love the organization. I love the program, the coaching staff, and the team. And I mean, we had a great season last year, and unfortunate that we couldn't make it to the Super Bowl and go further, but I mean, now I'm excited for all the guys coming back and think we can do great things next year, so I'm looking forward to it. Now, a lot of returning pieces coming back to that team next year. You have Tannehill, Henry, everybody coming back, a lot of the nucleus. How do you guys feel going into next year and your chances to go back to the AFC Championship and maybe further? Yeah, we're going to feel really confident as an offense. I mean, we got all our pieces pretty much in place from last year and we just got to keep improving on the details from what we did and um yeah adding in some new things here and there but i mean yeah we're excited for um excited to get started this year so whenever that may be now you just hit it on the head right there what have you heard from inside the league of any timetable for off-season protocol now with potential of training camps and training programs being moved around yeah, I mean, I think from what I've heard, I mean, they're pretty much doing it kind of week by week. Um, we're about to start doing, like, virtual meetings online. So, um, yeah, we'll be meeting with our coaches um, via, like, Zoom or whatever um, kind of streaming device they have. And um, they'll be sending us information on the playbook. And um, so it's going to just be, yeah, as much as they can do virtually. Um, and then as soon as we're allowed back in the facility, um, yeah, I'm sure we're going to start getting kicked into workouts and all the in-person meetings and stuff like that that the offseason entails. So, yeah, it's kind of just a waiting game and trying to make best of what we can do virtually and stuff. 
Now, how has everything been navigating the current situation with you and continuing to stay um, training and getting in football shape and remaining ready for anything, really, at this point? Yeah, it has been a little bit of a struggle. Just, um, yeah, not used to just my normal routine of going to a gym and having a bunch of guys to train with and motivate you and then, um, yeah, and then having the facility there as well because I'm still here in Nashville right now. But, um, yeah, no, I've been trying to do my best to, I mean, we've had, our trainers have been able to modify workouts with the equipment that I can have at home. Um, I've been still able to do as much running as I can outside, um, just so I keep my distance from everyone. But, um, yeah, no, it has been a struggle, but, I mean, I'm trying to stay in shape, and I'm sure everyone's doing the same thing. So, yeah, as soon as we get back, the better, but, yeah. Now, going back to the start of your football career um, in Jersey, when did you start playing football, and when did you realize you fell in love with the game? Uh, I started my sophomore year of high school. Um, I was kind of mainly just playing basketball and hockey, and thought basketball was what's going to take me for, like, a scholarship to college and go through that. Um, but, yeah, no, I had a good amount of success in high school with football and had a bunch of schools reaching out to me. Um, there's a lot of the Ivy League programs, too. Um, and, yeah, I guess once I start getting recruited, like, by some bigger schools in football, like, this might be a better path to go and use that to get into an Ivy League school like Harvard. And, yeah, once I was in college, I mean, I was fully focused on football and ready to see where it would take me. Now, you went to Harvard, and it's incredibly hard to go there. I'm assuming your grades were incredible in high school? Um. Incredible, but yeah, I had some yeah, had decent grades, and I mean, the football program was able to like they're able to push a couple guys through and um, hold a couple spots for the athletes and stuff like that. So no like scholarships like that, but yeah, so the athletes, um, the athletic programs are able to kind of hold some spots for the athletes. So, but yeah. Now you were a basketball player. You mentioned how were you a basketball? You mentioned you were hoping for a scholarship. What position did you play, and how were you overall? I guess is your game. Yeah, I played, I played point guard mostly. Um, so I was kind of like a bigger point guard. Um, and I had some, like, mid-major offers. I had, like, Monmouth University, like, in Jersey Rose from New Hampshire. Um, I was also getting some looks by Ivy League. So I had visits to Yale and Dartmouth. But, um, yeah, I feel like I just kind of saw, like, a better future with football. And, um, yeah, I kind of decided to go that route towards my like, junior, senior year of football. Now, you had a lot of success at Harvard in your career there. Of all your accolades throughout your four years there, what would you say is probably your most proud accomplishment? I think the best, yeah, my most proud was probably winning that, um, I think, sophomore year um, college game day came to the Harvard-Yale game, which is like the biggest game that we play in all year, and having that just hype and like feeling like an actual, like, big-time college football school, like, having game day there, and, um, yeah, we just had, it was an unbelievable game, and we kind of won in the last, like, minute of play, um, and, yeah, just being a part of that team and winning that game was just huge for the organization and the school, and, yeah, it was just an awesome experience. Now, overall, what did you learn from your time at Harvard that you've been able to kind of parlay into your NFL career? Um, I think just hard work and determination. 
was big. I mean, we were like kind of pushed to the limits in so many aspects at Harvard, like academically, athletically, socially, and there's just a ton of like pressures that you're dealing with. Like, I mean, I'm going to football practice, but I'm worried about an exam or a paper I have to do. And just being able to have time management and continue to like always be doing something, always kind of progressing in some area. Um, I think that is what's kind of made me last and gave me the mentality and mindset to kind of make it this far in my career in the NFL. Now, obviously, Harvard, incredibly notorious school, Ivy League school, hard school. You graduated with a degree in applied mathematics. Any way that's helped you in your football career? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I mean, you could look at, like, tendencies and stuff. I mean, we do a lot of that when we're scouting defenses. I mean, being able to understand percentages um, is something that may have helped me kind of kind of getting a feel for knowing, like, the percentage of how much they play this type of defense, or it's a man defense, or it's a zone defense, a single high, a two high defense. So, I mean, maybe just understanding those numbers have helped a little bit. And I, I think just being able to, like, I think just the aspect of, like, studying, being able to understand the playbook and the whole concept. Um, so kind of that background I had going to Harvard and being, so, like, diligent in the classroom just because it's so competitive and, um, yeah, it just gave me that probably upper hand and just being able to understand the whole offensive playbook as a whole and work better with the tendencies on defense. Now, you grew up in Jersey and you ended up out of the draft. You were undrafted and signed with the New York Jets, my favorite team. Don't know why they let you walk, but what was that kind of experience mm-hmm. like and getting a little bit of time there and then ending up in Kansas City as well? Yeah, New York Jets was a cool experience. I mean, it was my first NFL team, um, basically like a hometown team. My, I live 45 minutes away, so um, that was cool, having friends and family that I grew up with kind of coming to practices during training camp and being there to support me. Um, but, yeah, I think it gave me just a glimpse of, like, just, um, I mean, how competitive and how cutthroat the NFL is. Like, you're not guaranteed a spot anywhere and even though I thought I did pretty well um, I was doing more fullback stuff versus tight end stuff so that was a little bit new for me and kind of probably struggled a little bit in the beginning to understand the backfield stuff Um, and maybe that's why I wasn't a great fit for the Jets offense but um, yeah no definitely a good experience and then luckily the um, I was home for about 10 weeks after that kind of going to different workouts trying to find a fit on a practice squad or something for my first year and um thankfully the Chiefs gave me opportunity week 10 I think that was in my first year and um yeah so then I got to be in the tight end room which was something I felt more comfortable with which was nice um yeah I got to learn from Kelsey a little bit in those couple months that I was there and kind of just get back into like what I was used to in the tight end room which was nice um and yeah unfortunately I was cut from there but um, I mean, I think that's what kind of gave me the most motivation to make the Titans pretty much because I just knew, like, being at home for almost the whole year, my first year, um, I felt like if I didn't make an active roster that second year that I was kind of going to get just lost between all the rookies coming in and just kind of forgotten about. So that's kind of what gave me the most drive and motivation to kind of make the squad of the Titans and give everything I had. Now, your career kind of 
came full circle this past few years. You played against the Jets and ended up getting your first career touchdown against them. And then the AFC Championship this year, you scored a very big touchdown against the Chiefs. You've kind of had your career come full circle in that sense. And how's that kind of cool in a sense for you, I guess? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty ironic that that happened. Uh, both my touchdowns were against my former team. It's just kind of funny that how that happens. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think I was doing anything different or playing any harder. I mean, I just got lucky with the calls that were coming in and the defenses and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it was a cool. I mean, anyone, when you see a team or organization let you go, like, it's always good to kind of show them that you can't succeed and that they kind of miss an opportunity of going with you. So, I mean, yeah, I always like taking advantage of those moments, which is nice. Now, two of the big plays you had in the playoffs that kind of stick out to me looking back at those games, you had a touchdown against the Patriots and also a touchdown against the Chiefs. What are those experiences like getting to play in front of those crazy crowds, away games, and with kind of a lot of, not kind of, a lot of pressure on you and the team as a whole to kind of go there and deliver? Yeah, no, those are unbelievable experiences that I won't forget. Um, but yeah, no, there is a, a lot of pressure, and but yeah, I mean, I don't know. You just gotta kind of stick to your training and what we've been doing all year, and the whole team did a great job of executing in those playoff the playoff run we had. Um, and yeah, coaches made it simple, kept it easy for the players. Um, we were confident going into every game, understood the keys of what we needed to do to succeed and win, and. I mean, yeah, we practiced it and felt comfortable with it, and I just had to go out there, and everyone had to execute and do their job. Um, yeah, and that's just kind of, yeah, kind of what we hung our hats on as a offense and a team. Now, your coach made a deal that gained some infamy um, around sports media uh, when he went on Taylor Luan's podcast and said he would uh, cut a part of his body off if you guys made it to the Super Bowl or won it. Uh, was there a bit of you guys, you know, messing with Vrabel and playing harder kind of to mess with him and show like, hey, we might actually make it? Yeah, I mean, I think after the first two games, we weren't really thinking like that. But then we got to like the third game. We're like, wow, this is getting a little closer to what you're talking about. And <laughs> we kind of joked about it all like in the beginning of the year and preseason and stuff and messed with him and Taylor. But um, yeah, no, that was just a pretty funny scenario. And <laughs> Would have been interesting if it played out like that. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of Coach Rabel, he went under the Bill Belichick model, came from that coaching tree. When you kind of go to practice with Rabel, can you kind of walk me through how, you know, very um, distinct and unique his practices are compared to, you know, maybe other coaches because of that Belichick mindset that he grew up under? Yeah, I mean, uh, he definitely has a very strict and intense and um, like mindset when down the field and it's I mean once you touch the field like it's all work and um, and like that and, um, and yeah and he pushes us hard and pushes everyone to be at their absolute best and doesn't accept anything less than like above average at your position so I mean he's doing everything he can to kind of give you the tools understand from kind of a whole like um, position mindset like all the positions on the field and um yeah i mean he has a lot of respect from what he's done in his career and i think he does a great job of kind of um understanding what the players are going through um so he's not like overdoing it too much he knows how our bodies feel and um 
yeah, he kind of respects kind of what we're going through and understands it more than I think some other coaches would do. So, I mean, that's kind of a plus or a benefit that you get from being under him. Would you say he's necessarily a player's coach, or do you think he's more of a just the general good at being the player's coach and also being, you know, not just like the friend, being a general leader of that locker room? Yeah, definitely. I think he has a good, good, um, uh, I think, yeah, he kind of does both pretty well where he's able to relate to the players on a standpoint and mess around and, um, respect us, but, um, also has a good, like, authoritarian perspective as well as the leader of the organization and doesn't let anything go and kind of still keep everyone in line. So it's a good balance that he keeps, but, um, yeah, I think it's what's keeping this organization doing so well. Now, Arthur Smith was promoted to offensive coordinator this past season when Matt LaFleur left to go to Green Bay. He was your tight ends coach and then ended up being your offensive coordinator as well. What is the relationship you kind of have with him, and how do you feel your role grew under him this past year? Yeah, no, I was yeah really happy for Arthur to get that promotion and felt it was well-deserved. I mean, he's one of the hardest-working guys in the organization, um, and... Yeah, he does a great job of listening to everyone on the team, on the staff, and understanding what everyone needs, and um, really helps to excel people in, um, like, display each person's, like, best attributes. Um, and, yeah, being able to work with him in a position group, he got to spend a lot of time with me and all the tight ends, John and Michael. And, um, yeah, so I think from that perspective, he kind of knew what our best attributes were and what how we could best kind of um, – help the tight ends in a role and I think he just played to that and did a great job of kind of putting everyone in the best situations possible to succeed so now speaking and I'm excited to we keep growing as an offense as well now speaking of attributes and very cool and very cool to see somebody like Arthur you know develop through the organization and get that opportunity and really succeed in it last year now speaking of attributes on that end what would you say is you know the aspect of your game that you're most proud of and you feel differentiates yourself most from you know other tight ends and really gives you an advantage yeah I think um yeah one of my strengths is just I mean catching the ball I think is something that um yeah, it's just something I worked on or just started to become natural to me, and I think that's something that can help me excel in this league. It's just that's so important when the ball's in the air to kind of get completions and um, make plays like that. Um, I think another strong suit I have is just, whether it's from basketball or hockey, just kind of like the type of like lateral quickness that I can use in different types of routes to kind of create separation. So, yeah, I think that's kind of two of the... Um, yeah, my better attributes as a tight end. Now, looking back at the playoffs one last time, you, the Titans as a whole, there may not have been a team that has been so heavily rooted for by the nation as a whole to dethrone the Patriots this past year. And throughout that game, did you guys kind of have that feeling going in that, you know, we could really be the team to eliminate the Patriots and maybe put an end to the dynasty, which evidently Brady's gone. You definitely could have done that. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, we were, we were confident as a team and, yeah, we kind of know we could go in any day and beat any team out there. And, yeah, we knew it was going to be a challenge going against Belichick and Brady. And, um, yeah, but Rabel gave us a great kind of team keys to 
kind of take to that game and understand what we need to do exactly to kind of um, beat the Patriots. And everyone on the team and the staff understood the game plan and how to execute. And, yeah, we just yeah, – everyone did a great job and kind of turned out on top, so – now, Brady has left the Patriots. There's been a lot of changes throughout the AFC this year. The one team that has remained constant and really hasn't had any change at all has really been you guys and maybe the Chiefs as well. But how do you guys feel you guys are suited next year to get back to that spot based on the way the rest of the AFC has been? And it really looks like it could be you guys and the Chiefs again being the premier teams in the AFC. Yeah, no, it is nice kind of having most of the guys on our team back. I mean, yeah, we lost a couple of veterans in Delaney Walker. He's going to be missed for sure, just being a leader of that offense in our tight end room. Some guy to just kind of emulate out there. I mean, um, also losing Darrell Casey was tough too because I know he was one of the great veterans that we had out there. That was an awesome leader on and off the field. Um, but, yeah, no, we feel like we got a lot of the guys back, most of the coaching staff back, so – I mean, yeah, we're excited to just kind of keep fine-tuning the details that we have in the organization and on offense and defense and just, yeah, hoping we can have another season like we did and improve in the areas we need to improve in. Now, how do you think that's going to change how you guys play, maybe having more of a target on your back next year and not being, you know, the Cinderella story, I guess, of the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we definitely kind of had that underdog mentality last year a little bit, just, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, we try to tune out a lot of that media noise and just kind of focus on what we can do as an organization and, um, how we can improve and how we can win that game each week. So, I mean, yeah, we try to tune out most of that noise. So I think we'll be fine. Now, April 30th, 2018, you were released by the Chiefs. Now, nearly April 30th, 2020, nearly two years later, did you ever picture, like, was there ever a doubt in your mind that you would get to this point where you've carved yourself out a role and you're now preparing to be a contending team in football as a whole? Yeah, um, I mean, I think after getting cut those two times, I mean, there was a glimpse of doubt where I was like, just felt like I kind of wasn't good enough or wasn't going to succeed, especially after that second time, but... I mean, I think that was what I was talking about earlier, how that just motivated me to kind of prove to myself and prove to the NFL that I had the skill set, the mindset, and determination to succeed in this league. And I'm thankful for every opportunity the Titans have given me. And um, I'm excited to kind of keep it going and just see where we can go, see, as we, see how far we can go as a whole team. So I'm excited. Now, who has inspired you most to get to this point on or off the field? Hmm. I mean, my parents have always been supportive of me. Um, I think they've helped a lot in just kind of being able to always support me and always kind of pushing me to follow my dreams and never kind of yeah, even mentioning the fact of, like, giving up or turning to something else. So they've definitely been, like, a solid rock or foundation. Um, and, yeah, what kind of, like, on the field, I would say Delaney Walker. Cause, um, I mean, it seems like he kind of had a similar – he was a receiver in um, high school and college, and then once he got to the pros, he was a fullback, special teamser, 
and slowly worked his way up to becoming that impactful um, playmaker on offense. So, um, yeah, he's definitely some guy that I tried to follow throughout. I mean, I was only with him for two years um, towards the end, and unfortunately he had his injuries, so I couldn't see him as much on the field in person. But, I mean, just watching this film from the past and just being around him in the locker room and in the in the meeting rooms was just something I was super thankful for, and I think it's helped my career a ton. Now, the way he prepared and the way he played, what do you feel that's done? You know, you said it helped your career a ton, but what do you feel that's done to elevate your game from where it was when you signed with the Titans to now where you are now? Yeah, I think he just had a lot of different, like, different techniques and understanding of defenses and um, whether it was man-to-man coverage or zone coverage and just how to best run routes and get open and not be so exact in the playbook and kind of be able to kind of, kind of, I don't know, make his rest of the life in a sense and be able to just like play football and just he had so many instincts to just, um, yeah, that made him succeed. Um, and also being like a smaller tight end and just being able to be so physical and dominant in the run game um, was something that I definitely need to improve on in my game to be a more complete tight end. So, I mean, seeing him do that, um, was inspiring for sure. And, yeah. Now, looking back on your career, what do you feel if you had to give maybe a goal for the next five years, one, like, pinpoint goal for yourself? Um, I think one goal is just to keep continuing to be used in more of the offense. Um, I mean, just progressively year to year, just want to keep yeah, improving the percentage of snaps on him and just be able to be more impactful and add more value to the team and be in special teams as well. Because um, right now I'm only kind of in like a little like, yeah, mostly like third downs and two minutes and three tight end sets, but just being able to be moved around a bit more and just being more versatile, I think, is something that um, I want to keep improving on. <laughs> over my next couple of years in the NFL. Now, two final questions for you. One, in the offseason, you're a volunteer with your community and achieving um, goals and stuff within the community and the football community. What led you to that, and is that something that you'd like to follow in the future with maybe coaching? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, one of my, yeah, a couple of my trainers um, have been with me through, like, high school and stuff, and, um, I mean, he's continuing to help out kids in my town where I grew up. So, um, yeah, I do always enjoy going back to helping younger kids, just kind of being a face for, like, these kids to relate to, saying that, yeah, I grew up in the same place you did, same experiences, and I was able to push myself and work hard and make it to this point in the NFL. So I think just having kids see that um, gives them just hope and um, – like desire to work hard and succeed um and then yeah just in combination with kind of giving my knowledge of what i've been grateful to learn at harvard and at the nfl um just able to help these kids at this level and some training that i kind of didn't necessarily get when i was that age so i think it's a good opportunity for me to kind of give back and help these kids out now, my final question for you, Anthony, is when it's all said and done, your NFL career, your life after football, everything as a whole, what do you, Anthony Ferkser, want your legacy to be? 
Um, yeah, I think I just want to re- be remembered as a great teammate on and off the field and someone that inspired people. Um, yeah, I think if I just keep progressing from this point, um, coming from in undrafted and being cut and just showing people that you don't have to be this first-round pick to kind of add value to an NFL team. And, I mean, just showing how much hard work and dedication can pay off in the end. Um, yeah, that's kind of something I want to be remembered for. So if I just kind of can keep progressing and be remembered like that, I'd be grateful for that. Well, Anthony, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to come on. It was a privilege to sit down with you. I wish you nothing but the best of luck next season. And even though I'm a diehard Jets fan, there's going to be a little bit of me that's rooting to see you guys have some success next year because of you and uh, everything you guys have done um, in the past year to this point. Uh, Before we close out, I do want to give you the opportunity to plug your social medias, leave off on a general message, or just end however you feel. So the floor is yours. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on the show. Great time talking to you and great questions as well. But um, yeah, I guess I don't usually really use um, Instagram, but you could follow me at um, ASAPFERC on Instagram. So there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, that was star tight end from the Tennessee Titans, Anthony Ferk, sir. Thanks again, Anthony. Thank you. Have a good one. To another edition of Senior Spotlight. Last week we did not do a Senior Spotlight in order to observe a kind of blackout in honor of George Floyd and everything going on currently. But this week we are back with another Senior Spotlight and with two phenomenal guests in this week's Senior Spotlight. First, attending Albany College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. She is going for clinical laboratory sciences. I definitely messed something up in that, but I tried. Gabby, you're an amazing student. Welcome to the show. Hi, happy to be here. And you actually, you said everything right and correctly. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And Aubrey will be attending Oneonta in the fall for psychology. Aubrey, how's it going? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dylan. Thanks for coming on. So kind of starting with senior year, Obviously, it was unfortunately cut short for you guys, but if there's one thing you could pull away, like a lesson from all of this, what would that be, starting with you, Aubrey? I mean, I can definitely pull away from all this that you have to, you can't control what goes on in the world, so you need to, you know, like, you need to, you need to, um, you know, always enjoy your moments, and you never, you can never, um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> you blanked out. Um, yeah, you just got to – you always need to enjoy your time that you have because you never – you can't control what goes on in the world. Gabby, how about you? Oh, boy. Um, senioritis is real. can't lie about that. <laughs> um, but that's not really it. So, like, I guess I would agree with Aubrey here. I, I think what she meant to say was like don't take things for granted. But honestly, yes, like if you're enjoying you. everything <laughs> you're welcome. Like honestly, if like you're enjoying everything that you're like going through in your high school time, like high school career and stuff, like you really aren't taking anything for granted. You're just like taking like drinking the moment in. And um I think that's just how you should go about it. Just like enjoy everything you're going through and, and even when you're going through like a rough patch, like it's not gonna last forever. Now, 
although there was a shortened year, if you could pinpoint one or two of your favorite memories from it, what would they be for each of you, starting with Gabby? Oh, God, every single bus ride in indoor and cross country. (laughs) (laughs) I will never get dreams and nightmares out of my head ever again. That's definitely it. Like, I, I've, I've enjoyed, like, every single second I've been a part of, like, any of my cross-country and track teams, and that's just, like, something I've enjoyed a lot. And I guess, like, some of my clinical rotation from BOCES this year. Yeah. Aubrey, how about you? I've definitely got to agree with the bus rides. I'll never be able to forget those. <laughs> um I mean, I can't really say that one moment was better than another in high school. I mean, you know, we I, in during our senior year, um, I definitely can say that I did a lot of things that I didn't do throughout the rest of high school, like go to basketball games and football games just for the fun of it. But, yeah. Now, obviously, you guys have already made your decisions and you know where you're spending the next few years of your life. Starting with you, Aubrey, why was Oneonta the right fit? Ooh, okay. So, you know, I got accepted to quite a bit of colleges, but, you know, sometimes just there's just that one school that kind of just like, I guess, speaks to you in a way, and it just feels like your next home. And Oneonta felt like that for me. Gabby, how about you? <laughs> uh, so, all of the colleges that I've applied to have kind of been through the cycle of like, oh my God, this is my top school. Like I have to go there. But like with ACPHS, um, it's, it's so hyper-specific and it lays out exactly what I want to do in my future. And like, it, I'm, it feels like I'm going as like into a head start of like what I want to do and just being all hands-on that I probably wouldn't get to in my freshman year if I were to go to like UAlbany or really any other school in New York and I get to stay in the state I'm close to home like it's just it's the perfect fit for me that's awesome now looking at obviously it's hard to plan out because of college taking up a big chunk of that time but if you had to give yourself maybe a 10-year goal individually starting with you Aubrey what would that goal be and why Um, I would definitely say to be able to look back and be happy with everything that I've accomplished in my life and just be able to be happy with everything that I've done. Yeah, and accomplished. I think that would probably be my 10 year goal. Gabby, how about you? So I hope to go to Puerto Rico at least at some point and be able to stay there for a good few months and just work on my Spanish and working on like the healthcare that maybe might be happening out there and reconnecting with my family and just, you know, feeling one with my Puerto Ricanness again. Cause sometimes you feel like you're losing that when you speak English all the time and only Spanish <laughs> with your family. Now, you both have accomplished so much throughout high school. Individually, you both have been great athletes. And in studies, you guys have been great. You've been involved in stage crew, everything else. You guys have been very involved in the Monticello community. Looking back at yourself freshman year, this is a new one. I have not asked anybody this. But looking back at yourself freshman year, knowing both of you and how much you've both grown individually, what would be something you could tell your freshman self? Gabby, you can go first for this one. Okay. I hate thinking about the future like thinking about college up until like this year was something I never wanted to talk about and I was so anxious because it's just like I felt like I I knew I was going to go to college but I thought I wasn't going to know what I was going to do so I would definitely tell my freshman self that like I'm going to figure it out like 
I'm going to walk out of high school, like, really sure of what I want to do, who I want to be, and that I am going to college, and that it's going to be a decision that I'm happy with. Aubrey? Yeah, I can, I can definitely agree with that. And, you know, if I, uh, if I could talk to my ninth grade self, I'd tell her to keep making smart decisions and to finish high school strong. Now, first, before we go on to the next thing, Gabby, I do remember starting cross country and be like, Gabby, what school are you going to go to? Gabby, what school are you going to go to? And you're saying, don't talk to me about I it. Know. I'm not talking about this. It was so, it was just, it was so anxiety inducing. And I knew you meant it like from the bottom of your heart and like you weren't, like you didn't mean to stress me out about it. But that was something that was just like, I, I you couldn't even like look at me and be like college because I just know that that was a good <laughs> Now, looking at all your accolades from high school, what is one that stands out to you of saying, I did that and I can't believe I did that and you're proud of yourselves for that? Like it was your moment where I guess you felt most alive in high school, starting with you, Aubrey. Ooh. Um, I would definitely just say cross country in general I mean I feel like when I made the switch from soccer to cross country I didn't think I was going to be taking it as seriously as I have been but I would definitely just say how much I've grown um as a runner in general Gabby how about you um for me like it's not necessarily like you know a shiny medal and stuff like uh I think, like, this year when I took up, like, tutoring and being able to, like, help people out with just, like, simple things they might be struggling with, that's something I never thought I would be able to do. Because I always thought I was a person that I couldn't explain something to you, and that was it. Like, that's where I gave up. But, like, I was actually able to do that and just, like, kind of go over that, like, get over that obstacle and actually be able to, like, be confident in myself that I'm able to teach somebody how to do something and do it and them doing it well. Now, my final question for each of you, as you wrap up your senior year and now look towards the future, starting with you, Aubrey, when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? I would probably want my legacy to be, you know, if someone were to think about me, just that I never gave up. And even when I was going through hard times, you know, I would always push through and get through the, through those hard times to make it back up to the top again. Gabby, how about you? What do you want your legacy to be? So I want to be remembered as one of, like, hopefully one of many Hispanic women going into the STEM field and just changing the face of healthcare about like regardless of how you look regardless of how you present yourself and just being able to be there and helping like change the world in a in a more positive way and just finally removing that stigma that like that you have to look a certain way to be in healthcare and actually be taken seriously so that's how I want to be remembered especially from coming from like an area like Sullivan County where you kind of are like perceived to like not go very far but I hope that this is the start of a lot of generations of students leaving that are going to pursue really good careers that's awesome and before we close out I do want to give you each the opportunity to plug whatever you want social media or just leave off on a general message and I can't thank both of you enough for coming on and doing this and I also can't thank you guys enough for everything you've done for me as a friend over the past few years and it was a privilege to watch both of you grow and get to run with you the past few years 
So starting with you, Aubrey, is there anything you want to plug or leave off on general message or whatever else? I mean, um, thank you for doing this. I mean, I can say from all the seniors, I mean, this is like a really cool thing for you to do for all of us. Um, yeah, I also, Dylan, you're such a great friend and you've always been there for me. So I can't thank you. Yeah, we have a general message, social media. And I'm so happy that like we were able to grow a better connection ever since indoor last year and that I'm able to be friends with like a, you know, a world famous like podcast, <laughs> like <laughs> podcast, um, <laughs> and just like being able to do this for us like Aubrey said and I just I hope we stay in touch and just that I know you're going to do really great things in your senior year next year however you go about it well thank you guys mm-hmm. so much for coming on ladies and gentlemen that was Aubrey Soller and Gabby Acosta <laughs> once again I want to thank the girls for coming on best of luck to them at their colleges and in their futures and also best of luck to Anthony Ferkser, and thanks again to him for coming on. It was a privilege to sit down with him and excited to see what he does in the future. Next week, big episode. Clint Malarchuk, hockey legend, joins the show. Super excited for that episode. Reminder, you can follow us on Instagram, at Ambitious Podcast. Twitter, at Ambitious with DP. YouTube, Ambitious with Dylan Price. And we have merch. Uh, shoot us a DM. And reminder, you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week, guys.